Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. Good morning, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, your Saturday morning fix for art, politics, news and trash from a feminist perspective. I'm Isabel Hawthorburn. And I'm Katie Winton. It's nearly December, which means we begin to celebrate the birth of our Lord and (laughs) Saviour. Which for me is the start of Christmas parties and a little bit too much drinking and also some reflecting time. A lot of eating and spending and getting enthused about candles and notebooks, which I doesn't actually, it's not too hard for me. <laughs> I love that stuff. And also trying to explain what working in experimental performance art means, which I think is one of the less tricky conversations to have over Christmas lunch in the scheme of awkward family conversations. So in this week's Thoughts That Count, we're talking about how to have tricky conversations with your family without ruining Christmas. Text, text us with your thoughts on 0409-945-945. How do you talk about gender roles with your family? We're also going to be looking at the accusations made against transparent actor Jeffrey Tambor, which is going to be lots of fun. Some nice lighthearted Saturday morning content. Mm -hmm. Uh, More on that in about 15 minutes, plus our feminist news for this week. Which has kind of turned into a segment about men in media getting caught being predators and the industries that protect them, but we didn't think that was a very catchy (laughs) title. So we're going to stick with... Go home, everything is terrible. Yeah, it's definitely much more appealing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of um, men in industries that are protected, Morrissey has just come out with some pretty awful statements about Weinstein and Kevin Spacey's uh, victims. More about that later in Go Home, Everything is Terrible. We're also going to be joined by the Managing Director of Music New South Wales, Emily Collins, and Managing Director director of Mogollon Performing Arts, Ali Murphy-Oates, to talk about uh, a new collective called Why Are You Winking At Me? Offering strategies for disarming sexism for people working in arts and and the cultural sector. That's happening in about 25 minutes, so definitely stick around for that. And as always, we'll be giving you all the news and trash from the past week from a feminist perspective. Um, Heaps heaps of news, good and bad. (laughs) Who can say? Who can say? More about that um, right now, though. This is a new single from Brisbane-based rapper Jesswa. This one's called Savage. It's got a big old language warning <laughs> on it, so steal yourself. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Where the ladies, where the women We making lemonade with 
fucking lemon All these snakes, I'm immune to the venom So when I pull up, I get bucked for the women That's right, get smooth, then I swerve When I'm off stage, sit back and observe Y'all ain't got bars, y'all don't even have nerve I'ma let my actions speak louder than my words, yup I'm a savage, I'm a cunt Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front I want that ass bit, baby plump Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front I bought your album, now I want a refund Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front I'm a savage, I'm a cunt Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front Killer, thick with the figure Yo, hanging on my tits like a stage five clinger Take up for the liquor, I eat y'all for dinner Everybody knows I'm a sick rap singer that's filthy I'm a bastard, playing with you boys since the day that I started I'm exhausted, still them boys forfeit I've already put three fuckers in their caskets Yeah, me plus a 58, and I'm an animal I'm a savage, my people were cannibals You can hate it, but I won't buy it I know who I am, making moves real quiet This is for the honeys, all the money making mummies Holding life in their tummies All my women yummy If you're skinny, thick or chubby, please move to the front for me I see y'all come through and get bucked for me I'm a savage, I'm a cunt Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front I want that ass bit, baby plump Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front I bought your album, now I want a refund Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front I'm a savage, I'm a cunt Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front Brisbane-based rapper Jesswa there with Savage. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio with myself, Katie Winton, and Isabel Hawthorburn. Yeah, so we binged pretty hard on the TV show Transparent when it first came out in 2014 during a period that some critics have come to refer to as the trans tipping point, uh, which kind of means the increased visibility of trans folk in the media. Um, I don't know about you, Katie, but I really thought it was amazing when it came out, but it didn't come without criticism. So because of its portrayal of a very white, wealthy, progressive world, which is not the world that most people, um, not least trans folk, inhabit on a day-to-day level. So the show's creator, and I think kind of a genius, Jill Soloway, um, came out with a pretty disappointing second season, um, I think, with really heavy-handed and transparent examples of box-checking. And probably like the most heavy-handed since Lena Dunham had a black boyfriend for like half an episode in Girls that one time. Yeah, I think one of the original criticisms of the show was that the lead character, who is a trans woman, was played by a cisgendered man, uh, which is a term for people whose gender identity matches the sex that they were assigned at birth. Um, so Jeffrey Tambor is the actor who is playing that character, and Soloway has come out and said that she, if she'd made the show again, she would never have cast a cisgendered character in a transgendered role. Yeah, and we talked about this um, a little while ago with the cast of Here, the really beautiful play that showed at the Belvoir um, earlier in the year, and the writer of the play had specified that that a trans actor had to play the trans character. And I think that's like part of, apart from being a really beautifully considered play, um, it's part of its ongoing success as a production is that it always has um, had a trans actor in that role. Yeah, so uh, 
Jeffrey Tambor, who was playing that character, um, has left his starring role on Amazon's Transparent in the wake of multiple accusations of sexual harassment that have been levied against him. Um, and he actually issued a statement about his departure, once again denying the allegations and claims that he's leaving because of the politicised atmosphere, in quotation marks, that mm. now exists on the show's set. It's weird that, like, what is it, like, season three or four, and now he's worried about being a politicised. It's, like, one of the most politically kind yeah. of charged shows on TV. Um, so I don't know about that. But it is a really sad indictment of the film industry that a show as progressive, in quotations, also um, as transparent, that it can facilitate sexual harassment in that way. It's really sad. Yeah, Jill Solway is staying pretty quiet about the allegations um, levelled against him, at least for now. But she has apparently had thoughts... Uh, about the ongoing situation in Hollywood more broadly, um, including the notion that you can do work that's about intimacy and sex and you can still create boundaries in that kind of, um, in a show that has content like that, which I think is a really important statement. Yeah, and I think she explained it in a, in a quite a nuanced way. And the clickbaity version of that is that, like, I've I read a few t- um, headlines that are like, Jill Soloway is saying that the best way to avoid sexual harassment is to stop sleeping with your co-workers. Um, which I'm sure some people are very upset about, mainly because I think that a lot of people enter these kind of notorious industries like film and music and art because they want to get laid. Um, And I mean, I know there are other reasons that people join bands and start bands, but I can speak from personal experience that it is, (laughs) as a teenager, it's a motivating motivating force in why you want to start a band. Um, I think you're, yeah, Isabel's speaking for herself on that one. (laughs) Not you, Katie. You you just saw about the music for you. No, I just really love the music. Um, It seems like the future of Transparent is pretty unclear, which is... A bit bullshit because there are so many amazing actors, writers and showrunners on that show and it would be such a shame if because of this guy's crimes, all of those people who are mainly women and transgender people would be out of a job. And I think that's one of the things that has been a really difficult struggle in terms of the Weinstein kind of wake. Yeah, and we saw that with a lot of cancellations. Yeah, yeah, and the Louis C.K. one in particular, that was like so many shows were coming out and then in the wake of that... um, projects were acts and careers were ruined and these weren't the careers of people that were masturbating in front of people that didn't want to be masturbated in front of these are like people hard-working people behind the scenes and many of them are women I think like yeah and a- men I mean it, it doesn't really matter who what gender people are um but it's just that the people these people are finally getting their reckoning decades into their careers and a lot of up-and-coming people are, are losing um, their being, jobs yeah being kind of yeah yeah, and it's um, very easy to kill off a character in a show without having to cancel it completely. People do it all the time. So if men get accused of something awful, just kill them off and replace them. Cool, done. I'm in charge of Amazon now. And if everyone could just take my advice, that'd be great. Yeah, Katie's new direction in Amazon <laughs> is pretty cutthroat. I don't know, Thanks. like when Aunt Viv got replaced in um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, it was kind of like it's split a nation. So I'm not sure if people are totally down with that. But um, I think... When, actually, no. With... Um, Kevin Spacey, his face just got superimposed out of his latest film. Yeah, they just like totally grafted on a new CGI character onto his face. Oh, so, see, like, there you go. There That's you go. a solution. Amazon, we fixed <laughs> Thank it. you. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway. Great. So <laughs> that, now that we've covered that problem in the film industry, uh, stick around for our Go Home Everything is Terrible segment up next. And then after that, we're also asking your advice on how to navigate the holiday season, Christmas parties and family dinners in these complex political and social times. Please text us on 0409 945 945. This is Kate with 2000 and something.
off and pass it while the lights are all still green. Look at myself and realize the world's eyes are on our phone screens. So caught up in the world around me. No two stop caring how strangers view me. I was born in the wrong year, the wrong time. This now my destiny. So um, where you at? 1962. It's been a minute since we kicked it. Heard you got the new tattoo. Had no friends, so I had to see with him. Now I can quit it. So I said, where you at? 1962, it's been a minute since we kicked it Heard you got the new tattoo Had no friends, so I had this shit with him Now I can quit it What is going on is bound to be All this hatred in the world I'm surprised the earth is still turning So caught up in the world around me Need to stop caring how strangers view me I was born in the wrong years The wrong time This not my destiny Where you at? 1962, it's been a minute since we kicked it Heard you got the new tattoo Had no friends, so I had this shit with him Now I can quit it So I said, where you at? 1962, it's been a minute since we kicked it Heard you got the new tattoo Had no friends, so I had this shit with him now I can quit it, did it, did it, did it. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, and this is our segment, Thoughts That Count, where we want to hear from you about what you think about feminist issues. Yes. Um... From buying Christmas presents <laughs> to dealing with the reinforced stereotypes at home. We're looking today and for the next couple of weeks um, at our thoughts and accounts about the kind of holiday period in general and how we talk about gender roles, how we perform those gender roles and, some of, and how to navigate the sticky situations. And that's not only um, in the home, but also at kind of... Work, Christmas parties, and events, events those kind of things, functions. Uh, so let us know uh, if you have any uh, kind of advice because we really, we're really we flying blind here. Let us know 0409 945 945. How do you navigate this particularly tricky season? I feel like um, 2017 is going to be a rough holiday season for a lot of people and you're going to have some very interesting conversations with your uncles and your boss. 
Yeah, we want to know what you think. <laughs> if you have any tips or tricks, please text us. 0409-945-945. This can be a pretty challenging and sometimes upsetting time if you live in the world at all. And you probably have quite different political opinions to certain family members and colleagues. And I think when you're around your friends and partners and the people that you choose to surround yourself with, you don't really have to come into contact with ideas that you might consider like hateful or backward. And even just the logistics of like, for a lot of people going back to your family home means that you can be very like um, strong in your political um, opinions and have very kind of like nuanced arguments. But when you go back to kind of your grandparents' house or your parents' house and those kind of areas, you can slip back into those roles and you can find it really hard to articulate yourself. And I think with siblings as well too, Mm. it's very easy to kind of fall back into a... Um, way of speaking or acting that can be... Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Is that what Brendan does? <laughs> no, that's what I do to Brendan. Um, um, but I want to... So I was kind of thinking um, about how older people with a little bit more experience navigate this time of year um, because this, like, the uh, the period after Christmas and Thanksgiving for some people and New Year's is when a lot of marriages break up and disintegrate. So I thought it was interesting to talk to some older folks um, about how they navigate this um, period. And one of the people I asked was my auntie because she lives in a kind of conservative area and she said, um, this is to quote my auntie, when dealing with senior family members or in quotations Christians, I find it easier to avoid any topics that do not fit the conventional theory that the government knows best. Living in McKellar and being adjacent to the seat of Warringah, it's not easy listening to the waffle people go on about the direction of Australia is heading. No one was more surprised than I when um, the voting stats that came out um, for these two seats for the marriage equality um, vote. Um, It flies in the face um, of the often expressed opinions from the Northern Beaches residents that match entirely to opinions spouted on commercial AM radio and Sky News. Remember, Christmas is a time of joy and goodwill, goodwill to all, unless, of course, you've forgotten what the... WTF goodwill is. <laughs> My tip to navigate Christmas season and escape unscathed from the bigots and or racist and unsolicited advice is don't drink, blink or think. What is blink or think? What? what? I, think it's, I think if you do feel very strongly about political issues or there are issues like marriage equality that directly affect your life and your lived experience, there is at a certain point you shouldn't be having those conversations at Christmas when it is charged. I think I'm like a huge fan of like sending someone a thoughtful essay, do you know what I mean? <laughs> or an article rather than being like, I'm going to wait till the end of the year and yeah. I'm going to give you a piece of your mind because of all the stuff well, you're posting on Facebook. I think, in, like, yeah. I think in that context, there's so much added pressure anyway mm. that to kind of add that extra layer of a conversation that is really hurtful or difficult to have can be quite a tough thing to do. And I think... Yeah, and then alcohol like escalates all of that kind yeah, of tension totally. as well. And I think totally. as much as the holidays are a time to come together with family and friends, and that's kind of what we're told, it's really premised on this idea that you have supportive friends and fr- fr- like friends and family budgets, that kind of thing. And I love my family, but I did see this um, tweet about Thanksgiving from Wikipedia Brown, and I thought it was really lovely. So she says, love to everyone who wants to be with their families this week but can't. Love to those whom home is not a safe or welcoming space love to those who are lonely to those who are ill to those who have to work to those who are hungry and I think that's like super lovely and an important thing to consider like lots of people have had to work through Christmas and it's not this time where everyone gets salary like week off and and I think that contributes to the pressure of it right is Mm. that it's meant to be this time it's like the kind of 
the idea that we're fed through the media and through David Jones Christmas displays and through every kind of yeah. everything that we mm. see around this time of year is so pressured on having a loving, supportive community that can uh, have you over on Christmas Day and make you food yeah. and buy you presents. And yeah. that's not always the case for everyone. And you can buy them pre- presents and they'll accept yeah. you and they'll use the right pronoun yeah. when they're talking to you and that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if we have enough time to play a song, but we might just run through to the, yeah. some really helpful... Well, we, we've got some tips. ...holiday advice <laughs> that we found. from agenda. <laughs> yeah, so... From the internet. So the first one is really good. Um, so a woman interviewed by The Guardian recently said that for Thanksgiving dinner this year, she dealt with heated discussions by establishing safe words with like-minded relatives so that they can redirect the conversation away from politics if necessary. So, like, for a lot of the time, you're not going to change the opinion of your relative who you barely ever see or your co-worker that shares a very different, like, lived experience and political outlook. But there are ways that you can diffuse the situation and make sure that other people um, aren't affected by it. And or that there are by people in that situation that are aware that that conversation is going to hurt you and they can mm. kind of work with oh, you to I mean, steer that also, conversation also away. Also from other people that have less of a voice in that situation so like a younger cousin or something yeah. like that you can kind of be like oh anyway maybe let's not talk about yeah. the Cronulla riots right cool. now like do you know what I mean like yeah. you can be mindful yeah. of other people and that, that's helpful I think. No I thought that was a really good piece of advice um also, comedian Apara Nancherlara suggests that fun Thanksgiving games that you could play that might be applicable for Australian Christmas time is that nobody gets a pie until you go around the table and everyone has to say climate change is real. So maybe you could play that one at home this Christmas with prawns and tartar sauce. Give it a go. Another fun family activity is to go around the table. This is more Thanksgiving, but I think it's applicable to Christmas as well. Um, so to go around the table and each person has to offer up a way in which they've challenged the patriarchy this year. And if you can't come up with one, you have to eat from the garbage because you are trash. I like that one. That's that's good advice, I think, <laughs> and very reasonable and sounds quite easy to do. Um, I think that's all from us on how to talk about things that you would rather not talk about with your family around this time of year. Uh, stick around because after this track, we've got some news from the feminist, uh, I don't know, the feminist news from the week. This track is No Name with Diddy Bob. I'm ready, I'm ready. Cup. Baby turned baby up, Henny invented the catalyst for happiness in my cup This sound like kiddies on the playground, mama was running up Ooh, you about to get your ass beat This sound like niggas complaining when they bitches like Razzie Be 2K in the stereo, we juke in the backseat Or juke in the basement, in love with my case Where's this feel like jumping in the pool and I'm knowing I can't swim Ooh, you about to get your ass beat For stealing that $20, like baby just ask me Mama said she loved, loved, loved us When the lights was off, we had to stay with cousins Granny at the BBQ with Pitty as husband Summertime, city lights, shot town My town, my town After school matters like I'm needing that stipend right now Can the cup parking lot got caught with the blunt like wow, wow Run, run, run Mama say come home before the street lights do Ice cream on my front porch and my new Fubu and my A1s too Watching my happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the diddy This is my growing out my clothes With stars in my pocket, dreaming about making my hood glow This sound like every place I would go If I could fly This feel like every summertime Fall asleep dreaming about all the places I could go And every one of them feels so close Still chasing time 
die, I'm not a star, I am a meteor on a crash course towards Earth across the cosmos. Versus Perseus for the father of his birth to tell the truth that I'm his real son. Get blocked, I'm a built one. Get blocked, I'm a built two. Hope that you see it's a staircase. Still pray for a fair day where they give a fair race to the male Nate and the Dogons and the Essays and the Fairface. Keith H when I pill paint. Rain bars with a pink blue and a sea foam type of green hue make a clear space. Stop overreacting, it's past my curfew and might after six Happily making my accident, mama gon' whoop on my ass again Pray that I'm making my way before eight and I might have to sneak in the back again Hope that memorial trafficking, hope that she's stopping for gas again Girl, I just wanna relax again, pray you gon' bring that shit back again Pray you gon' bring that shit back again, I know Mama say come home before the street lights do Ice cream on my front porch and my new Fubu and my A1s too Watching my happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the dip. This I like growing out my clothes With stars in my pocket dreaming about making my hood glow This I like every place I would go if I could fly This feel like every summertime Fall asleep dreaming about all the places I could go And every one of them feels so close, still chasing time Watching my happy block, my whole neighborhood hit the dippy You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, and it's time for our feminist news segment, Go Home, Everything is Terrible, and it is. <laughs> Surprise! In a statement directed to Lena Dunham this week, uh, following her decision to publicly undermine an allegation uh, of sexual assault made against a girl's writer, um, another writer, Zinzi Clemens, said that she would no longer work with uh, Lena Dunham on her feminist newsletter called Lenny Letter after Dunham had failed women of colour. And Clemens said that she used to run in the same circles in college as uh, Lena Dunham and is quoted to have said, Black, back in college, I avoided these people like the plague because of their well-known racism. I'd call this strain hipster racism. Totally. Which started a pretty big internet conversation about what uh, that means. So we'll post it. We don't have time to go through it now, but we'll post a link up to it on the FBI but it's definitely not show a, page. Yeah, it's definitely not a new thing. Like Lena Dunham just seems to be the person that you're like, just stop talking. This is not your space to talk right now. Um so, yeah, it's like it makes sense that a lot of writers are distancing themselves from her. Um, here's some good news. Nigeria's female bobsled team has qualified to compete in the 2018 Winter Olympics, making them the first ever athletes to present to represent their country at the competition in any sport. So the athletes will be making history in South Korea as the first African team to compete in the bobsled category. Lena Waithe is cementing her recent Emmy win for Outstanding Writing in a comedy series for Master of None with the release of the trailer for her new series called The Chai, a drama set in her hometown, Chicago, um, which explores the humanity behind the headline sensationalising the south side of Chicago. And it looks amazing. And it's kind of about the lives of people in that city. So kids growing up and teens looking for love, as well as adults dealing with police corruption, excessive force and um, gang violence. But yeah. it looks yeah, like a really great Super beautiful. Show. And if her episode from um, Master of None is anything to go by, then it's going to be very, very good. Um, back in Australia, non-binary and gender diverse students who receive the youth allowance, the youth allowance, I think it's just youth allowance, um, have been war- uh, warned that their payments may be cut off because Centrelink's internal system only allows for male or female um, genders. Affected students say that the disruption occurs when university enrolment forms, which commonly provide a third option, such as unspecified, come up against Centrelink services. Multiple universities across Australia allow students to register their gender as unspecified um, or other, um, but Centrelink does not, so there's been a kind of 
yeah, yeah. their youth allowance might be cut off because of that, which mm-hmm. is pretty disappointing news. Um, in other quite disappointing news, but not surprising news maybe, uh, British singer Morrissey is the worst after he's <laughs> defended both Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein while speaking to the German news outlet Der Spiegel. Um, and he claims that their alleged victims knew exactly what was going on and chose to play along, which is... I, I mean, there are so many quotes from him in an article. I don't even think we I, should... I, I'm not going to read them because they're awful, but... But I mean, the Smiths bad. music really appeals to the emotional intelligence of teenagers. And so I think that to give you an idea, his comments speak to that level of insight. Um, but in good news, I'm glad I get to do all the good news for this <laughs> week. Ava DuVernay's Disney adaption of the 1962 book A Wrinkle in Time um, was released a few days ago and it is so good. Katie and I have been watching it all morning and it's like amazing. It's like Mindy Kaling, Oprah, the woman with the pointy chin, Reese Witherspoon, um, and it's just like fantasy and heaps of CGI and like Zach Galifianakis so is a wizard. It's so good. I don't know what it has to do with feminism apart from Oprah is in Oprah it. Oprah. <laughs> but um. it's really good. You should all check it out. <laughs> um, but earlier this month, Time announced their annual list of the 25 best inventions of the year, which is unranked, uh, where Rihanna's makeup range Fenty Beauty is lauded for its groundbreaking inclusivity. So... Unranked, but I think we can agree that Rihanna is the greatest inventor of our time. Fenty Beauty is a breakthrough. And PSA to my family, please get me Fenty Beauty products for Christmas. Um, And as, uh, yeah, I think we kind of figured out what to do for Christmas. So, yeah, this track is, are we going to play Miss Blanks now? Yeah. Cool. From Miss Blanks' just released album. This is Pussy on Fire, slight language warning. Also one as well. <laughs> um, stick around because we're going to be talking to Emily Collins and Ali Murphy-Oates up next from the new collective Why Are You Winking At Me, which is talking about dismantling strategy, or strategies for dismantling sexism in the arts. You're on Agenda on FBI Radio. Jealous, cause my pussy pops civilian. Y'all don't. 
We're joined now by the Managing Director of Music New South Wales, Emily Collins, and Managing Director of Mughal and Performing Arts, Ali Murphy-Oates, two of the founders of a collective called Why Are You Winking At Me, which is a group of women dedicated to addressing sexism in the arts and cultural sector. Emily and Ali, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. <laughs> um, so can you tell us a little bit about Why Are You Winking At Me and how it kind of came about in the first place? Sure. So Why are you winking at me? <laughs> Why are you, are you winking, winking at, at me? me? <laughs> Sorry, I just need to stop. Why are you winking at me? Uh, Em and I are part of a national arts leadership program uh, that um, we come together to talk about all sorts of issues of leadership and our leadership challenges in the arts. And the women in the program realised that uh, in the wake of the Me Too campaign, um, a very long tenure campaign, Um, we uh, we realised that uh, sexual harassment is a massive issue and that we need to be talking about it. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't separate talking about sexual harassment in the arts without talking about sexism as a foundation mm-hmm. for it. And we got together yeah. over cups of coffee and lamington. <laughs> really delicious lamington. <laughs> yeah. There is no such thing as a really delicious lamington. Oh, I am anti. Oh, I'll bite you. <gasps> Mate, it was <laughs> a lamington. It was great. And we had a bit of a chat. We just wanted to get together in an informal way and talk about our own experiences and really just have a safe space where we could share. Yeah. It really kind of happened because, you know, we are the program we're in is about leadership in the arts and we not only did we recognise that you couldn't talk about um, sexual harassment without talking about sexism, is that you couldn't talk about leadership without talking about sexism, um, particularly in the context of well-being and... Um, you know, making sure that leadership in Australia is representative and that the right voices are being heard. So we, you know, we came together and it really started as a let's just talk, basically, come together and talk and see what happens. And, you know, we didn't come together and go, we're going to write strategies for saving the arts. You know, it really was. Yeah. It just kind of, you know, we were telling our stories and naming names and, you know, Mm. you know, safe space amongst, you know, about, I think it was like 12 women at the start ish um, I can't count but um <laughs> anyway we kind of basically you know told our stories and had some tears and basically I guess decided that we could help each other and that sharing those stories was really liberating and cathartic and that having conversations is really important and that maybe we need to stop having conversations behind closed doors and having them in a public forum and But the informal, like starting it off as an informal conversation sounds really important because I think for a lot of younger women coming through and people, if you talk about these kind of things or bring them forward, they're like, okay, we'll have a sit down with you and the other party. And the people are like, oh, no, never mind. I'll just shut it down. Like, I don't want to go through that. So that kind of informal coming together and naming names sometimes when it comes down to it sounds like it's pretty crucial. There was a lot of like, oh, wow, you've had that experience with that person? So have I. And Mm. that was really, I guess, affirming in a lot of ways and going, this is not just an isolated experience. This is not being me being some sensitive person or, you know, know, all the things that we feel when these things happen to us. So it was really a great opportunity for us to support each other through those things. And going, oh, yeah, I experienced that too. And Mm. what do you do when Mm. that happens to you? And so we started writing stuff down. This is what I do or this is what I wish I would do in this situation. Or none of us do this, but maybe what could we do in this, you know? And And what could we do if we had a supportive network, if we knew we had a supportive network of other people who had gone through similar things? 
Sorry. Yeah. No, you go. I was just going to say, because we all, you know, the, the group of women come from around the country and so we all had different networks that we having these exact same conversations in other spheres and so it really became this thing of, you know, it's important to have conversations and we wanted to create something that was a conversation starter for other people, both in a personal context and an organisational one. And what's the response been like so far? It's been pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the sense, uh, you know, so we uh, we got an article published through Arts Hub, thank you, Richard Watts, mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to share that on social media and mm-hmm other platforms um and we've just had other people go oh thank you that's my experience too uh and that's so lovely and that's been through uh personal conversations Mm -hmm. one-on-one conversations um uh comments on social media or um emails coming through to our email address that we set up um what is that email address in case people oh it is why are you winking at me at (laughs) gmail.com great thank you (laughs) um part of the me too campaign was like a way for people to kind of have a shared commiseration and shared experience but i think moving forward from that it's it's people are finding it difficult to transfer that into the way that we change um our industries and our culture basically and one of the things that why you winking at me is looking at is like strategies um for practicing i think it's like sitting in discomfort discomfort can you talk a little bit about that and like silences as well yeah i guess that came from a few different places in a way and in that there can often well i personally feel sometimes that i have a tendency to feel that that silence you know when I've said something to someone and I'm conscious of making them feel uncomfortable because it's you know they've said something sexist and I've gone whoa whoa, whoa wait 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 a second and then they feel bad and then I take on the, them feeling bad so it's actually about going their sexism is their shit to deal with and it's about I think you learn that as like quite a young girl as well you're like don't make people feel awkward don't you make know, them feel embarrassed compensating and you're like for other oh people's I emotions. think what you meant to yeah. say was this thing and I'll yeah. just get a tea or something yeah yeah like no yeah softening the blow for people it's Mm. like actually maybe you need to sit in this discomfort yourself and Mm. part of that is allowing them the space to sit there and feel it and also that means getting better yourself at letting them feel pain (laughs) which is hard as well super hard (laughs) but it's good if people in positions of leadership can kind of show that i think when it's demonstrated to you like oh i think i can do that but when you're the intern or something you're not going to be like hmm okay i'm gonna ali was telling me earlier today yeah it's also about it's in some ways it's about reclaiming power over a conversation and so silence can be really powerful and if something happens or someone says something and you go no or I disagree and being able to sit and let silence hang after that can actually be a really um I guess useful tool in in negotiating difficult situations practice saying no with no apology yeah silent no or practice saying that's not cool man (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, for me, it was, it's one of the things about why you're winking at me too and knowing about this leadership program is that you come from such different areas of the arts as Mm. well. You like, you come from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different industries. Um, even in the room now, you know, like, um, is the artistic director, managing director, sorry, of Music New South Wales and Ali of Mughalin performing out, like that's quite a disparate, not disparate, like obviously all those art forms are related, but what I'm getting at is, do you think that um, sexism sexism is specific to the arts and cultural sector in Australia and kind of how we address those forms of sexism on a more broad scale, I guess? 
Well, I think, you know, sexism is not specific to the arts, like definitely not. Um, I think it is prevalent in the arts and it is its, you know, it exists in its own way within the arts because I think there is a almost an expectation that it doesn't or shouldn't exist because we're all woke and, you know, we, we're all we're making art and we're creative <laughs> and so therefore, what do you mean sexism? Yeah. You know, someone actually said to me and I said, oh, you know, I'm part of this thing and it's about, you know, disarming sexism in the arts and someone said, is there sexism in the arts? Maybe, I, I was think like, that, do you yeah. live in the world? <laughs> yeah, but it's also like probably men in the arts think they're not sexist in the way that women in the arts don't think that they're racist because they're like, no, I work in an art gallery. Yeah, I, I can't be racist. <laughs> I look at this painting over here. Yeah. Like, it's kind of... I did a module of this in curating, so I, I know work, about this culture. My whole team of women, yeah. you know, they're like, how could I possibly White, be sexist? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, so I think it's not specific to the arts and, you know, we've all been sharing our... Uh, experiences both art related and more broadly and you know I, the thing I like about what we're doing is that it's trying to break down the silos within the arts industry because you know there's theatre over here and there's music over here and there's performing this and you know blah 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 and we actually coming together we're going oh all these issues are actually quite similar and you know I think they carry across into broader society as well but coming together from a, an arts context has been really I think galvanizing for us and we all bring our own lived experience to yeah. it as well you know um in our conversations what i really appreciated is that somebody turned to me and said hey i know that like you're an aboriginal woman things are going to be a little bit different so you tell us if this isn't ringing true and i was like oh yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah come on because um, <laughs> you know feminism without intersectionality is just white supremacy so mm, exactly. yeah <laughs> Uh, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We're talking to Emily Collins and Ali Murphy-Oates about why are you winking at me and strategies for dismantling, dismantling sexism in the arts. We're going to take a track now that Ali has requested. Hey. <laughs> you might not have heard of it before. It's by a little-known artist called Solange. <laughs> Oh, now I've got can to you talk? Can on. you tell us a little bit about why and you M's going to sing it? For yeah, us. yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is my live radio debut. <laughs> uh, I just really love this track because it's about personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, uh, and and for for me, it's about like you know. Um, Uh, Just because uh, we are familiar with each other doesn't mean that you have permission to be familiar in ways that I'm not comfortable with. You know, it's about so much more than that. But anyway. This is Don't Touch My Hair. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Don't touch my hair When it's the feelings I wear Don't touch my soul It's a rhythm I know Don't touch my crown They see the vision I've found Don't touch what's there When it's the feelings I wear They don't understand what it means to me to go where we meant to go. They don't understand what it means to me where we chose to go.
Was Solange with Don't Touch My Hair. <laughs> You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Uh, we're talking with Ali Murphy Oates and M. Collins about a collective called Why Are You Winking At Me, which is aiming at dismantling sexism in the arts and providing strategies for how to go about that. The emotional labour of calling out inappropriate behaviour often falls with the victim, and we've seen that with the Me Too campaign. Um, and so I was wondering how, I think with a lot of, a lot of the kind of strategies that you guys um suggest it, it is still kind of uh, from a position maybe of like at least middle management or leadership so like if you're someone coming in at the bottom it can often be hard to sit in those silences because you're like I don't know what I'm doing all of the time mm. so um do you think that why are you winking at me I, I guess I'm thinking about it in terms of like lean-in feminism and how it's like being the loudest and the broiest whereas like mm. yeah I guess can you talk about how um, that responsibility is maybe shifting to be more intersectional and thinking about how maybe if someone's not being sexist to you, how they might be to somebody else. Mm. Well, uh, for me, the the personal agreement that I have made is um, that I will choose to believe someone when they share their experience and that I, I am a person and hopefully this group of people are people that you can come to and not 
be afraid that we're going to go, no, that person? Really? Actually, I'm going to say, that sucks. What can I do to help? And that's the first, you know, changing, shifting responsibility is about shifting language and shifting, um, I guess, uh, uh, just the, the way that we respond or react initially to stories of sexism and sexual harassment. Uh, so that's that's my little pledge. Um, a really beautiful thing that's been happening in Ireland over the last few weeks is um, the calling out of a certain theatre maker for his uh, sexual harassment and sexism towards young people in his sector. Uh, and a wonderful uh, woman, Grace Diaz, has been documenting her experience. She, she did this initial call out of this person and now has followed up through her blog all of her strategies that she personally undertook before making the decision to go public, um, to look after herself and to make sure that she was supported. To seek legal advice. To seek Mm. psychological assistance, to share with the people that she trusted what she was choosing to put out into the world. And on the day that she went public, she chose to continue her everyday life and go see her friends' shows and do her thing and not make it part of the the central focus. What defined Mm. her, yeah. And... um, I will share that on our Why Are You Winking At Me Tumblr later because mm. it's, it was just such an incredible, um, both blogs were such incredible pieces of writing of just like this is the um, the shared responsibility that I created for my particular action. Mm. Um, so that's one thing. And I think I hear your point around it being, you know, the, the group of women who came together, uh, you know, where we're in this arts leadership program yeah. and so we really came at it from a leaders- leadership perspective um, but I think um, there is a responsibility when you're in a leadership position to not just believe someone when they tell you but actually to seek out their, their existence and say like you know how are you going is this happening to you how have you you know encountered these things or processed these things and that's why we actually created these strategies is to assist people in organisations to have those conversations. And maybe have them before they happen. Like I feel like at the moment we're in this very reactive space where we're like just dealing with the kind of flood of um, not accusations of events whereas like it seems like Why You Winking Me is a really exciting um, project in terms of making workspaces a bit more. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a couple of strategies in there which are about utilising existing structures within organisations, you know, like putting in an incident report. And oh, were you going to ask about HR? Yeah, That's that like, like one thing yeah. that I don't think yeah. I've ever worked in an art gallery with an HR department. Yeah. I don't think I've ever worked I in an organisation. Which makes it really, really difficult to address some of these things because often you're in a really small environment with people that you see after work every day or that you go to events with or, you know, yeah. that line between professional and personal becomes quite difficult to navigate. And and if you have an issue with someone in mm. a leadership or powerful position in your organisation, who do you take it to other exactly. than that person? Mm. And that's often why we sit in silence around these things because we don't actually have an avenue to take it higher up. What we tend to do is go across. So we tell our peers and we tell them behind closed doors. And so this really is about trying to make sure that people in positions of leadership are cognizant of their responsibility. Mm. Yeah, I think that's one of the things for me with why are you winking at me as to why it 
is so powerful is because it makes it it makes it everyone's responsibility, right? Yeah. It makes it everyone's responsibility to look out for each other and yeah. to have these conversations. And not ne- like you were saying before, not necessarily to say, okay, we're going to change this policy and this is where we're shooting for. It's like, how do we have these conversations on a more day-to-day level? And I think actually, you know, and policies are wonderful and I would love to see a whole lot more policies developed in arts mm. organisations and, you know, enacted once they have been, yeah, that's in, you know, <laughs> actually, actually introduced. know how yeah. to use those yeah. policies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think in some ways we are almost, when you move to a policy focus, you are actually neglecting the personal and having conversations and feeling like if you're, a, a, you know, an intern in an arts organisation or you're a junior and, you know, you're encountering, encountering an issue with like a creative director or an artist that you're working with or someone that you actually have a... The, the support, the moral support to say, hey, this is not okay mm. and this is our standard and if this ever happens to you, come to me, we'll talk off-site, you know, we'll do whatever we need to do to sort this out and I've got your back no matter what, you know. Mm. Yeah. How do people um, access the strategies? Uh, so uh, we did publish on Arts Hub, like I mentioned before, but we also have a Tumblr, why are you winking at me, dot Tumblr. Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> we can post a link up to the, to the agenda show um, page. But what we're also doing is we have an Instagram account and a hashtag, why are you winking at me, or at why are you winking at me, and we're uh, constantly posting well, every couple of days little thought nuggets. Um, there, are, there are some great thought nuggets on there, actually. <laughs> My favourite one we reposted this morning was uh, what happens on tour is still a reportable incident. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. Right. Um, the way a person chooses to combine parents parenting in their arts practice or work is yeah. their own choice. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? Uh, one that hasn't come out yet. Desexualized conversations about working relationships. Yes, we have close, familiar relationships in the arts. We blur the line between personal and professional because we are talking about our passion and our lives and mm. our lived experiences and our stories. We are storytellers. Yeah. However, just because a man and a woman have or any person in person have a close professional relationship you don't have yeah. to sexualize your conversation about that relationship and also don't assume that every you know close relationship is a sexual one yeah. yeah and yeah and maybe don't assume that if you're making artwork about something that is of a sexual nature that you want to have that conversation in a space that is not about your work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, we also too want to get laid as we would <laughs> <laughs> We stand proud in our yeah. sexuality. There's no, no, there's no shame there. <laughs> That's why we're all starting fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, em and Ali, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us on Agenda this morning. We'll pop some links up on the Agenda show page um, as to where you can access all these wonderful strategies from Why Are You Winking At Me? Great. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. going to leave you now with a track from Scissor. It's called Love Galore. I need, 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 Don't take it personal Personally, I'm surprised You call me after the things I said Skirt, skirt, all niggas Skirt up, all niggas Skirt down, you acting like me Acting like we Was more than a summer flame